I think that's Earth, Wind and Fire. Feels like Earth, Wind and Fire. Should be Earth, Wind and Fire. You're with SAFM. This is Sport Tracks. I'm John Herrick. Benzito is producing today. DJ Sly's on the decks, which is why it sounds so good. Let's talk about an interesting initiative over the last few days. A global virtual event celebrating the beauty and value of rivers has been happening by running. Let's find out a little bit more with Dave Duarte. Dave, thanks very much for joining us. John, thanks so much for having me on. Tell me more about the World River Run. Yeah, man. Well, it's, uh, it's a, as you say, it's a global event. It's been happening uh, with people in more than 130 countries over the last few days. And uh, it's a celebration of rivers and, of course, all of the people around the world who are touched by them. How did it work? So uh, people go to worldriverrun.com and they sign up uh, over there. They kind of uh, they dedicate uh, how many kilometers they want to dedicate uh, to the event. Uh, they say which river uh, they want to dedicate it to, and this is where the magic really comes uh, comes around. And they get a race number. It's simple as that. There's no financial transaction. It's simply mm-hmm. something where people sign up. They get their race number. They can sign up as a group, and they go out and they do something. So, uh, and what you see is if you go and you visit the hashtag hash World River Run, uh, you'll see pictures from people around the world, families, uh, nonprofits, uh, people that are leading river cleanups, uh, just people celebrating how rivers touch their lives in so many different ways. In a, in a country like South Africa, we kind of forget about our rivers. We've got a couple of big ones, uh, but yeah. we've got these tiny little things. It, it's very different, I imagine, if you rely on the rivers, A, for water, but also for yeah. transport and getting around. Yeah, exactly that. So uh, there's two, there's three nonprofits that have come together for this initiative. So it's uh, the World Wildlife Fund, WWF, the Panda, uh, there's First, which is an organization that specifically specializes in making water issues visible. And then there's Aqua for All, which uh, specifically addresses the ways that water comes into people's lives and ensuring access to water. And uh, wh- what you say is exactly right. You know, these organizations say that for many people, uh, water is invisible. You know, we think that water is something that comes from mm. a tap. Uh, but uh, rivers have a value beyond just that, you know, they have uh, cultural connotations for many people. You know, in South Africa, we're used to seeing people being baptized by rivers. Uh, it's important for sanitation. It's inclo- important for hygiene. There's river ecosystems. And, of course, uh, many sports happen in rivers. So mm. these organizations are basically just saying, um, don't take our rivers for granted. Don't take them for granted when we're thinking about uh, building large hydroelectric dams. Don't think about, uh, don't forget about rivers when you're planning urban developments, you know, when we just reroute them. Uh, WWF is saying we need to value rivers more. Now, I was just thinking, uh, as you, I forgot about the sports side of it completely. We, we love our rivers in South Africa. We swim in them and we, we, we canoe in them. But at the same time, it's just what you, you get doozy guts. If you race the doozy, you know you're going to get a little unhealthy because of the conditions of the water. Yeah. And those are just guys that are paddling. There's people that rely on that water to drink and bathe and, and live. Yeah, totally. And I think that this is the spirit of the times. We're becoming much more aware of our impact on nature, you know, and we're, and we're realizing that it's not just directly uh, littering uh, that's, uh, that pollutes our water. It's, 
uh, you know, for example, pesticides, uh, you know, the, the way that we source food, the way that agriculture is done, uh, thinking about how much plastic goes into uh, uh, the the the, uh, the products that we consume every day, and all of that tends to end up in our water system. So, uh, sports people uh, today are some of the people that are closest to nature, and sports as a sport, uh, I believe, mm. is one of the best ways that people can unite to address the big issues. Uh, you know, John, the reality is when we talk about the environment, it's something that I'm passionate about, but uh, it's not something that people happily discuss uh, at, you know, Brian. People are much more interested in talking about, you know, <laughs> the duty, or they're much more interested in, like, talking about their Sunday morning run or the latest soccer scores. So our thinking is use something that people are passionate about to bring in the important conversation. You had some good runners at this year's virtual event, uh, Ryan Sands for one of them and the Olympic yeah. champion. Yeah, Elliot Kipchoge joined us and uh, who is the world's fastest marathoner ever. So the fastest marathoner in, marathon in history. Uh, first man to go sub two hours and of course the legendary Ryan Sands, uh, who I, I, I think is uh, probably the greatest living uh, uh, trail runner. Uh, you know, he's been at the elite level for 10 plus years. He's won uh, races and uh, the, the four major um, desert, uh, desert runs and desert ultras. And both of these guys uh, just stepped up as volunteers. They said that they want to add their voice to this initiative. And we are so That's grateful it. because, once again, if you hit the hashtag, you see that there are people around the world. And it's, and it's you know, their race numbers is probably the highest race numbers they've ever had. These two, I think, Kipchoge was like number 14,000 and something to sign up. Ryan Sands is number 15,000 and something. You know, these guys are with the rest of us plodding along, the rest of us plodding along, you know. But, uh, but their involvement is highly motivating for the rest of us, you know. And, and Kipchoge in particular was an interesting one because he... Uh, he dedicated his run to, I'm just looking over here, the Kamandi River in Kenya, which played an important role in his development as a runner. So what happened was he was right. carrying uh, milk by the Kamandi River when he was a boy, and his bicycle toppled over or something, and he ran back to his village to go and let people know that they must come and help carry the milk. And apparently his run and his, as in, his endurance in running back People were like, how the hell did you do it so far? <laughs> and they realized that this guy had a talent. So, you know, he had his own little story to tell. And, and the Kamandi River actually uh, needs to be restored. It's one of these rivers that's been undervalued, uh, that is badly polluted, and he is stepping up for it. 119 countries, I see 207, make it 208,000 kilometers dedicated or committed to running for the rivers. So, obviously, the message has come across loud and clear. Yeah, thanks, John. You know, and, and just one more thing on this. Uh, these virtual running events, you know, uh, following COVID, it's more difficult for people to gather to do uh, yes. group runs. And it's been amazing to us to see the rise of these virtual events and how much fun they are. You know, they can be used for fundraising. 
you know, you, uh, people are organizing virtual runs to raise funds. We're using it to raise awareness and create community. And I personally, you know, I put on about seven kilos over lockdown. <laughs> I, found it, I found it highly motivating as a way to get out there. So, you know, uh, we do what we can. Yeah, it it started off as something that that athletes had to do these these virtual runs, and now it's almost like a thing. This is what we do. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's definitely we're going to see much more of these on the formal racing calendar. You know, it's globally inclusive. You can have many many mm. more runners from many many more countries running in very diverse conditions. And I think that with the rise of um, wearables. Uh, we can get pretty accurate tracking, you know, at race ranking. I want to talk before we go about Mina Gooley. She's is she the organizer? She, this was all her idea. Yeah, Mina's Mina's a true inspiration. So Mina Gooley is a Australian ultra endurance runner. She's completed a few notable uh, events, you know. So she, uh, I think, in uh, the one that she'd be best known for in South Africa is that she attempted to do 100 marathons in 100 days uh, sure. for water. So she started uh, in 20, late 2018 running the New York Marathon. She ran the marathon. The next day she woke up and she ran another marathon and you know another one, another one, another one until the media paid attention. And then she took the world to places like the Aral Sea. Uh, this was a place where... Uh, water wasn't managed correctly. The cotton industry had uh, drawn too much water. Two, there was unregulated agricultural use in one industry. And uh, their water system collapsed there. And it's now, long, it's now no longer the Aral Sea. It's now the Aral Desert. Mm. So he took us to places like that. And uh, anyway, when she was on the South African leg of her journey, it was uh, coinciding with the Cape Town water crisis. But she'd run 62 consecutive marathons, and uh, the media was paying attention, but she developed a stress fracture at her femur, oh. and so she wasn't able to complete it. And that's where this community dynamic kicked in, because uh, people, fans around the world who'd been tracking her ultra-endurance run, uh, saw how devastated she was that she couldn't finish, and uh, people stepped up and said, we're going to run for you. And so inadvertently, she <laughs> gave rise to this global movement and it's turned out to be excellent for her course. That was a fascinating story about her on, on her website, about how she thought she couldn't anymore, and yet there she was doing her thing. Yeah, it's truly incredible. I, I, I'd encourage everyone to follow her. It's uh, Nina Gruley on all social media. Uh, she's a true inspiration. She's someone who uses her purpose uh, to address the global water crisis as a way to inspire herself to go so much further. And I think that's such a good example for both uh, elite sports people as well as knock slippers like myself. <laughs> okay, this is all finished for this year, but what else is, there must be something else planned, something soon that somebody can get involved with? Yeah, absolutely. So Nina um, organizes these virtual events all the time. Uh, I can't reveal what's coming up next, uh, but there is something happening in about six weeks' time. So if people go to minagruli.com and sign up, they'll be notified of the next virtual event. And once again, there's no cost for any of these. The purpose of Mina's work with First Her Nonprofit uh, is to build a global community of people that are being informed about water, that are spreading awareness of the major issues of water. 
and she partners with uh, organizations like uh, WWF that then translate all of that awareness into on-the-ground action. Get yourself 100,000 ambassadors, your message will be heard, right? 100%. (laughs) It's been great chatting to you. Thank you very much to our guest who's been keeping an eye on all that for us, Dave Duarte, a global virtual event to raise awareness about water, the World River Run. You can find out more at Mina Guli's website. It's, uh, as it said, M-I-N-A, Mina, and then Guli, G-U-L-I, MinaGuli.com. Uh, it's a fascinating read, even if you're not interested in, in running or, or, or sport in any way. But uh, just to raise awareness about what she's done, how she does it, who she's involved with, but how the power of sport can change the world. Uh, it, it's a fantastic read. So go have a look at the website. It's uh, available on your phone as well. M-I-N-A-G-U-L-I, MinaGuli.com.